Welcome to the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast. I'm Ashlyn Dave, your host. We've got a great show lined up, so let's get started. And this is Ashlyn Dave, and this is the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast, episode 292. It is the first week of October 2022, and yes, the podcast is not dead. I'm still here. I know I haven't done one since the end of July. Um, it's very busy, and uh, you know, I, it's funny. After I retired from my uh, law enforcement position, I swear I have been busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. It just... There's always stuff to do in the evenings. Um, anyway, here I am with the new episode. We're going to call this one All Politics is Local. I'll explain that. Might That saying might not apply to the situation that I uh, encountered, but uh, we'll give it a give it a whirl anyway. Uh, got a whole bunch of stuff for this episode. Um, I've got a uh, some good news in reference to uh, me being on another podcast, I was interviewed for a, uh, another show uh, that that's out of Ashland. It's not a running podcast, but I'll ex- I'll explain that. Um, I'll talk about how I had to uh, kind of uh, do a break and enter into a place that we were renting at the beach. Uh, that that was kind of interesting. I'll talk about the sidewalk situations here in the center of the universe uh, where I live. Uh, that's the politics thing. I'll give an update on my running and my tendonitis, which has been hampering me, which is the main reason why I haven't put out a running podcast is because I've had some difficulty running. I've just been busy doing lots of other stuff. Uh, and then I'm going to close the show with a, and it might actually be into a part two. I'm not sure at this point yet. Um, uh, a good friend of mine who I used to work with on a, uh, a police task force got a local award and he was interviewed on the radio, and uh, I've got that MP3 uh, audio clip, which is, uh, I don't know, about 20 minutes long. So I might put that in a part two. We'll kind of see how things play out. Uh, but I appreciate you downloading the show. Uh, thanks for coming back. If you're a regular listener, if you're a new listener, uh, don't judge the podcast on the uh, infrequency of uh, production dates. Sometimes I get on a roll. Um, sometimes I kind of get tied up with stuff. Uh, I do the podcast mainly as a um, uh, accountability to myself and, and training for distance events. And sometimes when I'm not able to get out and do running, uh, the podcast uh, suffers as a result. And that's kind of what I'm in right now. So maybe what I'll do is I'll just jump right into uh, the status of uh, training and, and whatnot. Uh, so I'm still planning to run, cover, walk finish the Richmond Half Marathon on November 19th here in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, getting to that starting line is, has been a challenge. Uh, a couple weeks back, maybe about a month ago, all of a sudden I just started feeling pain on the inside of my right knee. And um, instead of waiting, uh, this time I went right away to uh, a doctor and um, some people who've listened to the show before know that I had ten, uh, hamstring tendonitis a little while back. I think I might have talked about that one in the previous or two previous sh- uh, shows. And uh, that cleared up after I got rehab and uh, did exercises and strengthened that. And, um, and then I started training for the half marathon. I'm 
doing the uh, my, the midweek runs, and I, I gradu- graduated my, my running up, so I didn't do too much too fast. Um, but apparently it was, because then I got uh, tendonitis of, uh, the doctor told me it's the sartorius muscle, which is the apparently the longest muscle in the body. It goes from your hip, crosses down your uh, your quads, your thigh, into the inside of your knee. And then that's where my pain is, is right there in the inside of the knee. So I had to stop running altogether. I uh, did other cross training, uh, cycling, um, lots of cycling, <laughs> which didn't hurt at all. Uh, got some treatment and uh, you know did the exercises that were prescribed. And, and one thing I need to say that when I get prescribed exercises, you know, or stretching to do twice, three times a day is generally twice a day in the icing. I uh, pretty much uh, follow that to the letter with very, very, um, just a few exceptions because I really do want to heal. And in this case, uh, the uh, the treatment was working really good. And when I went to the doctor for the third time, I asked about running and she said, well, you can do two miles. Uh, so I did that. Uh, that wasn't too bad. Um, I've gotten new shoes as well. I've gotten Ultra Olympus. I know they're trail shoes, but uh, just like like them the most. I'm not sure. And they were expensive, like $139. I couldn't believe how much they were. But I bought them because you don't really have much of a choice if you need a lot of that cushioning, like I do. Anyway, um, so did a couple two-mile runs with, with really no problem. So, some of the pain would come back, but then I was able to, uh, you know, do the treatment and, the, and their exercising. And um, But the, the thing that concerns me is that I I'm only doing two mile runs and the race is uh, just over a month away. And so I worry that I'm going to be in a situation where on race day, I'm just going to be covering way too much distance for my uh, endurance level just to get the, just to get the finish. Um, And it's just probably going to be a bad thing for my, for my body. So I'm kind of in that uh, I'm in the middle of thinking about all that right now and how all that's going to work and if it's really going to happen. But the plan is, to in fact, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Um, this is the first week of October 2022, and I, I will go tomorrow afternoon and see see what she says. And I really do like going. I, as a rule, general rule, Ashlyn Dave doesn't like going to being involved with medical stuff, but this place uh, actually is helping and, and it works. And um, I like the people there, and it's worked pretty good. Uh, so that's where I am uh, personally. Uh, my running group, uh, we haven't met for several weeks because I went camping. I was out of town for something else, out of town for something else, camping. Uh, had a uh, this men's prayer group at church and had some other events. So I think I missed four Saturdays with my group. I uh, did the best I could to train elsewhere, uh, just, you know, lesser lesser mileage. Uh, we were hoping to get out this past Saturday, and, and I was going to do five miles, damn it. I mean, I was just going to go out there and see if I could do it, because uh, I, I did seven. I'd gotten up to seven in my training cycle before I had to go to the doctor and just see what was wrong. I mean, it was just, it made no sense to keep to keep running on it. Uh, so I haven't seen my group in a while. Ashlyn Bob, Ashlyn Tom, Ashlyn Brad, Ashlyn Ron. Uh, Ashlyn Ron's got a, an event coming up later this month so he's been out there i see him doing miles i'm sitting up at the uh the uh, my watering hole up there on wednesdays when we have mug night at the uh, local brewery and ron always runs by and always makes me feel weird because he's out there still training and i'm just uh you know sitting and drinking beer but i have reduced a lot of my beer intake because i was oh that was the other thing i wanted to bring up the doctor did say you get to a point where you 
you wait too much, you know, your, your tendons are eventually going to be affected. So your body's going to be affected. So I'd gotten up a little heavy, uh, wife and I now working on getting some weight down, reducing alcohol, sugar, uh, calories all together. Uh, we, the last two weeks, we, uh, I've actually uh, lost several pounds the last two weeks. We've completely changed our diet, uh, which she calls a cleanse. Um, I drink some green stuff in the morning that's supposed to be nutritious. Um, and then she's been making different meals. And so far, it's working. So we'll see see how that uh, moves on. All right, let me talk about the podcast I, I was interviewed for. This was a couple weeks, uh, two week, about two weeks ago. It's called uh, Stories from the Center of the Universe. So it's not running in the center of the universe. It's Stories from the Center of the Universe. They have a sticker. And the website is scotupodcast.com. That's S-C-O-T-U podcast.com. Uh, a guy named Paul Gilman operates the podcast. He's got a, a sidekick named Silent Rob. And uh, I met Paul Gilman for the first time dur- during the podcast, but I've known Silent Rob for quite some time. Our kids grew up together. And uh, a month or so ago, Rob called me and, and asked me if I'd be interested in being on this podcast. And I had heard of it before because I've listened to uh, people interviewed on it. And it looks like the goal of the podcast is to select interesting people in the town of Ashland or have some kind of affiliation to the town of Ashland in Virginia and ask them if they'll be interviewed. And, you know, then the, the interviewer asks about the interviewee's life and this and that. And so I, I agreed to that. And uh, when that gets posted, I will link to it on my show and you can find out everything you wanted to know about Ashland Day, but we're afraid to ask because it'll be... Uh, lots of information in that show about my career, my family, um, and I'm not worried about uh, that information getting out. Um, I've been doing this podcast for, I think, ten years, eight or ten years, and I've never had any any weird issues. Um, uh, but you know, people, uh, internet's a lot different than it was ten years ago, and uh, a lot of people use it for all kinds of different things. And um, I don't mind uh, sharing that information. I think so. People can learn from. Frankly, I think some people can learn from the information that I pass on. But I do talk about my police career, uh, not everything about it, but part part about part of it. How I got into running, um, my wife and family and stuff like that. Um, so you can, and some other things about me that you might find interesting. So that I'll link to that uh, probably in the next show. Um, I think it's the show's going to go up in a week or so. But I just wanted to call your attention to that in case you're interested. Um, so let me talk about my experience at the beach. So we went to, and I didn't really do a B&E or a burglary because we were renting the house. So, um, you can't break into your own house. Um, you can physically, but it's not a crime. Uh, we stayed, we went to Cape Charles, Virginia, which is the Eastern shore of Virginia. Uh, second summer coming, going down there last summer was the first and we really, really enjoyed it. It's very chilled out. It's nothing like Virginia beach, uh, uh, outer banks, which is really my favorite beach, but we've kind of gotten away from that over the years. Um, it just really is nice. It's a small town on the Chesapeake Bay and when you sit on the beach there, you see the sun set over water because the bay is so wide. So you're seeing the sun set over the water and it's just really is pretty. It's chilled out. It's the kind of place where you get there and you go to uh CC Ryder Smitty's golf cart place and run a golf cart for the week, which is what we, the second summer doing that. And that's really the way to get around the town. And you can 
you know, plug in your golf cart at the house that you're renting and you can drive it to the beach. You can drive it to the, the bar. There's a couple bars down there. There's some, there's a great Italian restaurant. Uh, my wife would know the name of it. We went there again, of course. And, uh, but this time we met my sister and my cousin and their husbands. And so it was the six of us for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I got a six seater golf cart. And uh, that was a lot of fun to have every to drive around with everybody uh, where you don't have to worry about uh, all piling into somebody's car because it's hard to get six people into a to a car without people crawling around and this and that. And of course, it wasn't raining, and if it was raining, the golf cart would be kind of useless because you get wet. But after they left, uh, my wife and I stayed for seven more days, and I went and traded in for the four seater, which was you know cheaper. We didn't need a six seater for the, the rest of the week. And uh, we really just enjoyed going to the beach, um, met some newlyweds down there that had just gotten married, and they were uh, kind of honeymooning there before they, I think, took another trip. Uh, read two books, I mean, to do a lot of reading, and just really, really chilled out. But what happened was I got sent back to, uh, the, the house we rented had a combination uh, front door lock where you punch in, a, you hit the screen, the screen comes on. And then you hit the digital buttons. It's not a wasn't a push button. You just like hit the buttons on the screen, and it was working for a few times. Uh, the code was six digits. It was a little hard to remember, but I had written it down or had it on my phone. And uh, I w- we were all at the beach, and I got sent back to get some drinks or something. And I hopped in the golf cart and drove the two or three blocks to the house, and I couldn't get in using the code. And the the screen would kind of come on, but then it would start flashing weird. And it seemed to me that something was malfunctioning. So I went back to the beach. I verified the code. And I asked my wife, I said, well, just, you know, do you have the key? And she's like, no, I don't have the key. The keys are inside the house. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me because we can't get the door open. So she came back with me in the golf cart. And we went around hoping maybe the back, we'd left the back door open. But, you know, knowing me, Former law enforcement, I don't leave. I don't leave shit open. Everything's locked, except in this case, except for a window. <laughs> and now, one thing I didn't do when we, uh, before we spent the first night in the house, I did not check all the windows on the ground floor. Um, I've done that before in other places I've stayed. Can't believe it. They they looked like they were secure. I mean, the blinds were down and they had nice blinds, so you knew where people weren't. Uh, they weren't the kind that. I mean, they were very nice, like wooden. Uh, the wooden blinds that are, you know, like two inches wide. Um, so the back door, we had locked the back door. I, of course, I made sure that somebody in our group was kept unlocking the back door. I'm not sure why, but I, I made the back door was definitely locked. And so I noticed that the window over the kitchen uh, sink was, uh, I could push that one open, but it was not going to be possible to get it uh, all the way open. So I said, well, let me just go to the next window over. This was on the back the back deck and sure enough would you believe that the back window to the bedroom where we had stayed was uh was unlocked and um i was able to pull the screen out uh then damage the screen we we're able to get back back in later um i pulled pushed the window open and monica went in and uh opened up the door and we went in and, and got the key and uh turns out the thing probably was looked like it was going the batteries were going low and of course we go out the front door and she tries it and there you know wouldn't you know it the door opens up um and no i didn't have too many beers down at the beach because she tried to open it up herself and it still looked like it was being reset um so my uh my message on this is uh to, and it's not only to any listeners out there who might be renting a place that has ground floor windows 
but it's a message to my to, for me to remind myself was whenever you're going and renting a place, an Airbnb or through a realtor or something at the beach, um, man, it's good good idea to check those windows. Um, I mean, gosh, I don't know. I had stuff in that house that was valuable. And I'm not saying there's a whole bunch of criminals down in Cape Charles, but the, trust me, there's criminals in every county. And there are always people who are looking for opportunities. And, you know, anyway, I should have checked to make sure all the windows were locked. I, I didn't. I should have. Uh, but when you know, it actually came went to my advantage because I was able to um, able to get in and, and get back to the beach with, with minimal uh, delay. And uh, nobody broke in and stole any of the stuff that I had in there, which, like I said, was, was had some stuff of value. Like I left my wallet in there. I, some other stuff I brought down uh, from home uh, for protection reasons <laughs> was was still there. And uh, it's a good lesson to learn. So that's uh, that's my story about uh, doing a and e which wasn't really a and e because um, we had control of the house at that time, so it wasn't a crime. But we were worried that maybe the neighbors might see us, and then we would have to explain that to the police somehow. All right, let's talk about how all politics is local. Uh, this is the sidewalk issue. So this this kind of ties in running to this podcast episode. I um, I have run every street in Ashland. I did that with my running group uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, we used a town map that we had gotten a large printout of. And every Saturday when we all four of us could make it, we would run uh, a section of the town and highlight that and put the date in the margin of the map and, and this and that. So I've been on every street in the town of Ashland and I know uh, what streets have sidewalks and what don't. And there's an, it, there's a problem in this town with, with, with what we call sidewalks that go to nowhere. And what that means is, is at some point in time in the past, a sidewalk was constructed down a certain block and then it just stopped at the end of the block. And then, the next block has nothing and then skip a block and then you have a sidewalk on the opposite side of the street again, or you have sidewalks that don't even really matter where they are. For example, they uh, put a sidewalk in some years ago on one of the widest streets in the town that didn't even need a sidewalk because it was, wasn't even a through street. So, um, so I've been watching this over the years and, and um, when uh, Ashland got up, I think Ashland got about $8 million of, uh, money from the government during this uh, pandemic recovery thing, and I recall Ashland has is about seven thousand people, so you, you can be active in your local government here if you want. And a lot of people know the town manager Josh Fair, and I know him also. And you know, I've emailed him before. We've gotten some crosswalks put in in uh, over a, a kind of a busy street that goes over to the YMCA because my daughter used to go over there for swim lessons and ride her bike there, and. We were able to get some signage up, a crosswalk, and some of those fluorescent signs on both sides, you know, saying it's pedestrian crossing. And got two of those put in on uh, on Ashgate Road, which is over by the Y. And he, he's receptive. It's not like you contact the town manager and he thinks you're an asshole because you're telling him how to do his job. You're not telling him how to do his job. Um, if he asks for input, I'm going to give it. So they asked for input on where sidewalks should be uh, was, and should be constructed in the town of Ashland as time goes on. So I submitted my request, and I said well, there needs to be one on East Francis Street between Center and um, Maple, and that includes a block adjacent to where I live, and that way I can walk all the way around the block on a sidewalk uh, without having to walk into in the street. And uh, 
make a long story short, East Francis is a, is a busy street. It's narrow, and it has uh, drop-off ditches on both sides, so there's no shoulder at all there. So it's perfect for sidewalk, and a lot of people use that. So I submitted that in writing, um, and I was told that that would go to members of the town council. And uh, I think a couple of days later, maybe a week later, I saw the vice mayor, uh, John Hodges, out at one of the restaurants in town. And he said he had gotten gotten the information, and he thought it was really good. And that made me feel really good because I thought, uh, hey, you know, I wrote the government and suggested something real respectfully and kind of uh, dem- demonstrated my case. And sure enough, uh, someone who's on the town council said they got it and they liked it. And that, you know, that, that's going to make you feel good inside. So I thought, Hey, okay, my request got, got received. I don't need to do anything else now. You know, they'll, it'll be considered with whatever else gets submitted. And that's at that point, you know, at one point there'd be some kind of hearing on it or whatever. And I could go back in and, and plead my case if I wanted to, but I felt like I had submitted my request and, and um, it would be evaluated. Uh, fast forward, I guess, a couple months. Um, my wife, Monica, saw a group of people walking around town, and this was the people on the Parks and Rec Committee of the town, and they were evaluating the different locations that had been submitted. And she told people, they, she was asked, hey, where do you think there should be a sidewalk? And Monica said, East Francis, between Center and Maple Street. So we assume they took the information down. Uh, fast forward another couple months, I was kind of curious about what the status of everything was. So I started looking on, and I don't read the town council meeting minutes every, whenever they meet, I can't even tell you how often they meet. I know they're meeting tomorrow night because I'm going to go to that meeting. Um, but they, uh, well, I don't know it was just by chance or what, but I was reading the minutes and uh, that's when the uh, public works director was doing, going to be doing a presentation on the sidewalk priority list. And so I'm reading the minutes and I'm thinking, I don't see uh, what I suggested at all. It's not even on there. It apparently had been screened out without even going through this evaluation phase at all. And uh, I mean, I read every word of the minutes and was trying to understand it. I had somebody else read it. That's, uh, you know, maybe I'm missing something here. And I didn't think I was. I, I, for some reason, my suggestion, which I had put in writing to the town manager, just was not it wouldn't even evaluate it, so it wasn't even on the the, uh, the priority list. And by this time, I think there were seven or eight locations, or uh, maybe it was might have been five. I can't remember. So I thought something was kind of weird about it. And so I decided that I was going to go speak uh, at Citizen Times at town council and find out or, or just ask the question why it wasn't on there and then just see you know, what, what is debated or, or what the response is. And I wasn't going to go in and be a jerk or anything. I, I really was curious to know why my suggestion was screened out. So my wife and I went to the meeting. I had my, my speech um, all ready to go. And uh, I read from it, and I'm going to share that with you. All right, this is the speech. It'll only take a minute to get through. Uh, I'll read it kind of fast, and some of it's a little bit of a repeat. Um but it had, a, it had a positive result, so that's why I want to share it. Uh, good evening. My name is Dave. Da, 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 da. I live with my family at da, 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 Virginia Street. I've been a town resident since 2005. If you want to know what, who my all my real names and stuff, you can listen to that other podcast that I linked to soon. I keep all that out of this one. Um, okay, here's the speech again. In August 2021, I became aware of federal funding that was going to be allocated to the town for various projects. 
Since I'm interested in pedestrian safety, I contacted the town manager. I explained my request for a sidewalk to be constructed on East Francis Street between Center and Maple. I was told my request would be forwarded to the Parks and Rec Committee, uh, Parks and Recreation Committee. For a week or so after that, I saw a few council members, and based on sub subsequent conversations, it appears my request is also forwarded to council members, which made me feel pretty good about my input. More recently, my wife saw Parks and Rec Committee members surveying the sidewalk port uh, yesterday, and um, and she also provided that in that information. Um, I recently reviewed the sidewalks priority list report prepared by the Parks and Recs Committee. I evaluated the list of eight locations that were evaluated by the committee. I didn't see any documentation or mention about the location I requested or that Monica had verbally told the committee members. So I went back and reviewed the July 14th, 2022 minutes of the meeting that Parks and Rec had where they made their recommendations in memo form to the council. My request is mentioned under an other category with no other comments about why it wasn't evaluated. The chart in the sidewalk priorities list report has a section regarding community requests. It doesn't seem that according to the chart that the eight locations listed received more community requests than the East Francis Street request. In addition, three residents on Arlington Street said they don't even want a sidewalk on their street because they think it's wide enough as it is, but somehow Arlington made the list anyway. So my concern comes down to why Francis, why wasn't the Francis Street request that appears on the surface to be equal to the other requests not evaluated by the committee? I wasn't able to find the answer in published meeting minutes. Due to this, I asked council to defer the vote on the sidewalk priorities list that may be held this evening until a Francis Street sidewalk request can be evaluated. Thank you for listening to me. And that's the end. And uh, I said that. I was thanked. I sat down, and then I listened to what they had to say. They called up the uh, director of public works, and uh, he was a very nice man. He was a true gentleman, uh, but he really had no idea <laughs> what the answer was to that. Um, and so... Uh, I, I felt very, very respected uh, at this meeting, and um, I've only been to a few council meetings. That's the first time I ever spoke, and everybody on there, with the exception, I think, of one person knows that I'm retired law enforcement from Hanover and, and you know, provide service to this community for many years. Not saying that, that they automatically would believe what I'm saying is correct or right, um, but I, w I felt like I was given the time and I was respected, and they spent a lot of time uh, especially John Hodges, the vice mayor, spent a lot of time wondering why was this one request uh, left out. And so, you know, at that point in time, my my input was over, and I had to kind of leave it up to them to kind of pick up on what I was saying and answer my question. Why was my request just left off? And if it was, what was the reason? Because it looks like, you know, some of the other priorities only had one community request, and mine had two, me and my wife, at two different times. So, that was really the uh, the, the uh, trying to figure out what that was. So uh, when it was all said and done, they uh, decided to table the overall priorities list, but they did vote on getting the first top three started because the public works guys like, hey, we got money. We want to get at least a couple projects started, and then they'll figure out um, you know, what to do, how to evaluate the East Francis Street request. Um, so last week I got an email from the town manager telling me that um, there was going to be another vote uh, this week, and I plan to go to that meeting. I don't plan to speak because – and just to back up a second, you can't – when I was looking at the rules for citizen input, you can't give input on things that are currently on that agenda. They have It has to have been done ahead of time apparently, and uh, there was some kind of weird rule about that. So I contacted the town 
uh, council clerk who just happens to be a friend of mine. And uh, they, I think they made an exception for me is the feeling I got. Um, that's where I kind of felt that, that respect. And um, the mayor who uh, said, no, no, we're, we're going to have, uh, we got a, a gentleman here. We're going to have him speak. Um, and so I was able to, to say that. And uh, so anyway, East Francis is now on the priorities list uh, being voted on hopefully tomorrow night. And uh, I'll be there now. The uh, what do you call it? A um, silver lining is that, uh, yeah, I got I got what I wanted. It looks like that I requested and what other people want, too. They just didn't speak up. But it's a five to seven year time frame. <laughs> so it's not even it's a priority, but not a priority like one, two, three. It's it's number seven. <laughs> so who knows if I'll even still be living here uh, by the time that sidewalk is constructed. But our politics is local. You know, you get in there and uh, you give input and uh, people will, might listen to you. And it, it actually made me feel pretty good that, that they did. So um, that was uh, very cool. Um, I'm going to mention one more thing, uh, and then I'm going to give a talk about a little bit about the listener roll call, and then I'm going to do a part two with the um, the police interview with Kevin, Detective Kevin Heiner of the Richmond Police Department because he he gives a real good interview about uh, he was on the task force that I worked on, and he just talks a little a lot about some of the work that's done there and, and um, how hard it can be, and uh, since the sh- that'll put the show over an hour, I want to go ahead and. Um, and uh, separate that. But I do want to uh, briefly mention about a train ride I took. So we took the Amtrak train from Ashland to Trenton, New Jersey. I was a friend of mine that lives in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, was picked up. My wife and I, we went up to see uh, Dan Tominski band in Doylestown. If you've ever heard of Dan Tominski, he is, used to play with Allison Krauss uh, for many years. And he also, he's the one that was the voice behind the song, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, um, Man of Constant Sorrow. Uh, that's Dan, that's Dan Tominski's voice, and uh, anyway, he's got his own band now, and it's just um, uh, anyway, we don't, went up to see them. Train ride up there was was fine. It was uh, in the morning. Got up there, there's no problems. On the way back, we had a lady behind us get very intoxicated, and uh, the irony was, was she started talking loud, complaining about how the person behind her was talking loud on the phone, and that's what pissed her off. She started walking up and down the aisles complaining about it. And uh, her whole point was that she was literally complaining about how loud the person was talking behind her. And then she became the loud person that was talking. And it was just so annoying. And her husband finally got up and just went to another car. And then she got pissed off about that. And then she went on with that about for that about 20 minutes or whatever. Um, we couldn't wait to get off uh, because we couldn't really move because it, we had a hard enough time finding two seats together. So, uh, we, we, once we have found our two seats together, we just kind of put up with it. Uh, I, one time I did walk around just to see if I could find anything. The train was pretty crowded coming back from Trenton to, uh, Ashland and we just weren't able to find it. Matter of fact, when we first got on the train, we could not find two seats together. We, uh, had to walk the whole length of it with our suitcases until we could, uh, find two seats together. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people just sit singles or asleep, or they got blankets pulled over them or whatever. Amtrak's interesting, but it's still easier than driving on I ninety five. That's for sure. All right, I got one, a couple of listener emails. I just want to roll through. Heard from down under Dave. Um, Dave, sorry about my delay in responding to you. It's always good to hear from you. I got a couple emails from the stand up and be counted. Heard from Adam and Jim. Adam's out of Minnesota, and. Um, 
forget where Jim's from. He's from Iowa. And uh, we'll we'll go over that again in a listener roll call when I do that at episode number 300, which is fast approaching, being that this is episode 292. Um, so what you do, if you want to stand up and be counted, um, I just do this for fun. I don't do this to collect emails or sell emails to people who I know these are running related email addresses. All I want to do is when I get to episode 300, I want to have a listener roll call where the people that checked in, they said where they run, who they are, just what their name is. I don't do last names unless you want me to say it. Um, where you hail from, and then what kind of running you do. And I just kind of go down the list. And over the years, when I got to episode 100 and 200, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, obviously, there used to be a lot more people to listen to the show because I was getting it out much more often. I've lost some listeners. That's okay. But that's why it's so crucial now. If you're still a listener to the show and you have not sent me your email for uh, Stand Up and Be Counted, I do have a whole bunch of them. I've heard from Richard, Bob, Tim, Bruce, Ryan, Jim, other Jim, Jamela, uh, Jeff, Sandy, Jim, Adam, and uh, Down Under Dave. And I know there's a lot more listeners. So if you find the time, send me an email at ashlandave at gmail.com and uh, log yourself for uh, listener roll call. Just tell me what your name is, where you hail from, what kind of running you do, and I will include you in listener roll call when we do that at episode 300, which will hopefully be probably right the early spring of 2023, uh, which if, uh, I'm really hoping that uh, by then I'll be in marathon shape if uh, this tendonitis ever goes away. All right. That is it for this episode. I'll be back with part two with the interview with Detective Kevin Heiner that somebody else did. Um, I'm copying that audio. I know the guy that did the interviews, um, our local radio guy, WRVA in Richmond, 1140 WRVA. And uh, Kevin's a great guy. So come back for part two. Uh, this is Ashlyn Dave. I'm reminding you to run to the finish. Keep on running. Don't forget to hug your kids. Make today better than yesterday. Or if you're a procrastinator, make tomorrow better than today. Y'all have a good week. Thank you.